Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Welcome to Opera Box Score. Hey, wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, joined this week by co-host Tobias Wright, as well as our guest co-host, Dinah Fisher. More about her in one second. Okay, so now you know who we are, and let me tell you what we do. We do America's talk radio show about opera, period. Nobody talks with you about opera week in, week out like we do. And what's more, on our show, you get to have your say live on the air So call us, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. Or, hey, if you're the shy type, you can leave us a message on 224-2189-BOX. Again, 224-2189269. Well, this week we start off the show by going inside the huddle with mezzo-soprano Dinah Fisher. She's in the graduate program in voice at the School of Music at DePaul University here in Chicago, She's got her own blog. It's called A Gentlewoman, and it aims to inspire confidence in young women through fashion, music, literature, and more. You can check it out via a link on our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com. Then, in our Chalk Talk segment, we take your calls about audition nightmares. Let us know what happened when it all went horribly, horribly wrong. 847-866-9687. Or you can email us, operaboxscore at gmail.com. Plus, we've got all your opera headlines in our two-minute drill segment. So let's do this. We're live. No edits. No filters. Kickoff is next. Keep it locked right here, right now on WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, and Opera Box Score. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Oh my goodness, is it Monday night already? <laughs> this has been the, one of the fastest weeks in living memory. George Cedarquist here hosting Opera Box Score on WNUR FM Evanston, Chicago, joined by my co host Tobias Wright. George, it's always good to be in your presence, see your beautiful smiling face and your dreamy eyes. Has it been a short week just for me or has it been for you too? Uh, I mean, I don't know. They're all technically the same length. So here we are. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I am thrilled to welcome Dinah Fisher to the show. Hello, Dinah. Hey, guys. What's up? How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for spending Labor Day with us. Of course. Taking your holiday and spending with us. We you know, that. Some, would, <laughs> some would think that we wouldn't do a show uh, because it's Labor Day, but man, were they wrong. We are going <laughs> to... Here we are laboring. A labor of love. <laughs> telling me. We're, we're going to get it going right away with our Inside the Huddle segment. It's our interview segment on the show. Huddle up. Let's go Inside the Huddle. So, uh, Dinah, you and I met this past year uh, at DePaul. Yeah, we did. And there you were singing your pants <laughs> off. Literally. Well, not literally. <laughs> Figuratively. Uh, <laughs> off to an awesome start. <laughs> well, I, I say this because you were wearing pants in the role of Octavian. I 
was. Uh, in Strauss's Der Rosenkavalier. Mm-hmm. It was a great scene. I was directing the scenes at, at DePaul this past spring. Yeah. Um, so And so you've got one more year in the program. I do. And so the, the, do you feel like the finish line is in sight or not really? It gets closer, but then it just goes away suddenly. <laughs> when, a, when a new project gets turned in front of you? Yeah, it's just like, oh, and then there's this and that and that and then. You know. But how was the first year? Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask another question <laughs> before you answer that. How was yeah. working with George Cedarquist? It was amazing. <laughs> For our George listeners awesome. who don't know, George is a mad scientist. I think I've told him before. So you're like the only person who thinks that, Toby. It's not That's true. not true. By the way. Lots of people do. So tell uh, us about your first year at DePaul and what that was like, because we'll get into it, but tell right. us about year one. Year one, I mean, I came in almost like a freshman again and in, in like going into university. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd taken some time off and I was like totally stoked to start school again, excited to buy my textbooks and start diving into opera. Um, and that lasted for about the first quarter. Right? <laughs> um, a lot of things changed really fast yeah. towards the end of it. Uh, my voice teacher uh, decided to leave DePaul for a better job um, in Kansas. And uh, that kind of threw me for a loop. Those people from Kansas, you can't we trust hate, them. We hate those Kansans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. There's some great people there. I'm from Kansas. I don't know if you knew that. But, okay, so your, your teacher left. Which yeah. is, Okay, but one thing that you said there that caught my ears, mm-hmm. you said you'd taken time off. I did. So you took time off between your undergrad, correct? Yes. Beneficial or not beneficial to a, to, as a singer, as a young woman? For me, it was the best decision I've ever made. Okay. I mean, career-wise, education-wise, it really helped me take time to realize what I was doing, who I was, you know, who I am, who I want to be, because it's just, we get so busy and caught up so fast, especially in this world. Everything goes by so fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And rejection. Like George's last week. <laughs> I could agree with you more, though. I mean, take, I took five years off between undergrad and grad Say school. what? Yeah. That's half a That's decade. Like, what were like... you doing? Dude, I, I finished my undergrad at Yale. I moved to Chicago oh. the next oh. week. And I started directing in storefront theater and um, got married in that time oh, okay. and then started grad school. But as a director, like your whole job is to look at the world around you and to try and turn that into art. So you, you have to just live as a director. My man, uh, I can't speak as an actor or even as, as a singer. Cause I'm but neither. shouldn't a singer also do that? No question. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. So yeah. we're in agreement like... there and you did that, right? <laughs> yeah. So you had some real world experience. Do you think that taking that time off and we've talked about grad school, um, a little bit on the program here, mm-hmm. but do you think that that time off gave you a different perspective entering back into an academic situation, specifically with music? Right. It, it gave me a reason to go back into academics. You know, we were always, we went to school and we did this. We had to go to undergrad to get our degree. Mm-hmm. I felt like I really wanted to go to grad school because I wanted to go to grad school, not because it just was another degree that I needed to fulfill for a career. Right. So you, which is awesome. So you felt inspired to then return to education. It wasn't um, because I, and we talked briefly, you and I, before mm-hmm. the show, and I had said I took a year. And the reason that I took a year was because I didn't think it was appropriate for me to just go school to school. I agree. Because we've been in school being educated since we were five. Right. And it was important, I think, for me to take some time away from that. And you, you got that experience and then made the decision to go back to be educated specifically with music, which is great. Yeah. So entering back into school now, do you feel like you approach your academic work 
in a different way than you did as an undergrad? Um, it's definitely. Or does homework still suck? I mean, it still totally <laughs> sucks. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Um, I think the focus is a lot more intense, of course, in grad school. The assignments are much more intense. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like that, that everything's like very, um, it's all about the details and what you can really get out of um, listening to opera, exploring opera, really uh, just committing, you know, to yeah. like really finding out why the composer is doing this, why the libretto was written like this, why the singers are singing it like this. Um, is there, do you feel like there's a different sense of urgency with educating Ooh. yourself? I, it's almost now that I'm in my mid twenties. I'm turning twenty seven. Still uh, a baby. <laughs> um, That's awesome, though. You're still. Yeah, a baby. I'm still. I'm twenty six right now. So it's still. I. You know, every day we see all these young singers, which is great. Younger and younger, winning these amazing competitions and getting into the Met and the Ryan Opera Center and doing all these amazing things at twenty three, twenty two, twenty one, and at twenty six, I'm like, Whew, I'm behind. You know, it's yeah. just like I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm always racing somewhere. We're talking to Dinah Fisher. You're listening to Opera Box Score. George Cedarquist here along with Tobias Wright. So, Dinah, you've got this fantastic blog called A Gentlewoman. It's at agentlewoman.com. It's also on our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com. Where did the idea for this blog come from? Um, it basically started as a little side project when I was uh, living in Lithuania for two months. Um, as you do. <laughs> I'm Lithuanian. That's, that's, that sounds like a very George thing. If you listen to the show, every time George mentions living someplace foreign, we all take a drink. Right. <laughs> the, the proverbial George drinking game. Well, I was living in Lithuania for drink. two months. Drink. Everybody drink. Yeah, everybody drink. Dino uh, was in Lithuania. <laughs> um, I do have family there, so it wasn't like oh, cool. completely oh, right. out okay. of the blue. And I am a European citizen via Lithuania, so thank you. How about that? Yeah, it's super cool. That's cool. Um, I also speak, speak it fluently. So oh, fun. my goodness. Now, that is a special skill you don't see on the resume that often. I, I'll put it on there. Yeah, do it. There? Re- can I put that on there? Of course yeah. you can. Side note. <laughs> that's special, special skills. That's like when we get to uh, like show off something absolutely ridiculous. For a while before I ever had any roles, I would put like special skills. I'm like competent using every kind of power tool. Oh, yeah. They see there going. <laughs> People are like, uh, this is irrelevant. Juggling. C- competent? <laughs> yeah, competent. I didn't say good. I said competent. Um, anyway, so back to the right, blog. Sorry. So I decided to start this blog uh, just documenting my time in Europe and um, it oh, just... Oh, it started as... Okay, cool. It, sorry. Yeah, it just started out as I was... I was like 1920 at the time. And I was like, oh, I'll just make a blog about me traveling Europe. That's cool. That's what people do. Um, and it just catapulted really fast into something that people were listening to. Mm-hmm. And every week I was getting more and more followers. So I was like, ooh, maybe I should really take this serious. You know, yeah. yeah. maybe it's, it came to a point where I was like, I either have to take this seriously or quit. Kind of one of those things. And so what's the principle driving the blog today? A gentlewoman is, is definitely, um, she's a part, I talked to her like it's a she. She's a part of me. She is an inspiration for me every day. And it's an inspiration to six, over 60,000 people worldwide. And I get emails and I get recognized on the street in Chicago um, when I'm walking around. <laughs> Tobias gets that a lot. <laughs> Not, not for the same reasons. <laughs> um, you still just, got that court order against you, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm not allowed to discuss that on air, but oh thank you for gosh. bringing that up, George. 
Um, it's become a real inspiration for a lot of people and also for me. And it keeps me wanting to keep getting better, a better person, mm -hmm. to be a better person, to be a better singer so and motivator. So the people who follow your blog aren't necessarily singers. Oh, not it's at all. It's not an opera blog. It's about being a wonderful human blog, right? And sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. So are you are you responsive a lot to your to the people who are reading that? Like, do you get when people reach out to you? What's mm -hmm. that like? Because it's like <laughs> you have tons of friends all over the place. Yeah, it's amazing. I get postcards from people all over the world. I do an annual Christmas card exchange with my followers. That's awesome. So I get Christmas <laughs> cards from wow. Africa, from Germany, France, um, Canada, you know, pretty much Japan. Anywhere. George, can we do a Christmas card exchange for Opera Box Score? We, we can't, but what we, what we can do is, is this is what really, two things really strike me about the blog, agentlewoman.com. You should go there right now. Mm -hmm. Two things. First of all is, is the images that are on this blog are out of this world. I'm, I'm not going to say anything more than that because you, you got to see them to believe yeah. them. But second of all is how frequently you post on here. And, and that's not supposed to be like a loaded compliment. I mean, you are like on here like multiple times a day. And, and that sounds so obvious, I'm sure, to you. But as someone mm -hmm. like myself who like does not spend that much time intersecting with the internet pulp culture, it's amazing to see something that's so fresh and so topical. Can I just give you like a blow by blow of a daily of like a day? Yeah, talk us, talk us through <laughs> it. Do yeah, it. go for I, it. Especially when I'm in school. Um, if I'm on my phone, I'm usually not just like on my phone for kicks. Mm -hmm. I'm usually doing work. So basically, I get up every morning, um, and I check. I have three email accounts, um, and I check all three. And then if there's anything urgent, like an event coming up in Chicago that I have to RSVP to, because I go to uh, fashion and blogging events as well in Chicago. Um, I have to RSVP to those. If anyone, I'm constantly reaching out to people to collaborate. Yeah. Um, either with a gentlewoman or um, with singing. Mm -hmm. So I email. So that takes about a half an hour. And then I go to my Instagram page and I run two Instagram accounts. So I run a gentlewoman and then I also run a small business Instagram account called Fine Hammer. For... Which is also super cool. We, we can find all that on the webs on yeah, yeah, your yeah. on a gentlewoman, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, I checked that out, guys. You got to check this blog out. It's pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so I have two Instagram handles. Um, a gentlewoman is my personal one. So basically, I have I don't want to call it a stock of photos, but I do have images that I save up to post. Oh, okay. Um, so do you take time off to like load up, the, like to collect images or to? Like, how does that work? How do you have this bank of images? Do you know what I mean? Um, I, it's almost like going to work. I go to specific places to take specific photos. Cool. And uh, I see what I'm missing on my Instagram account and see what would look good next. Okay. So it's not, and I mean, usually it is in the instant. I'm not just at a place and, you know, a lot of people go to a place, they have the plate of food and they don't eat it. I will go to that place, eat the plate, you know, take a photo <laughs> of the food and then eat it because that's Interesting. silly. Uh, especially, the, I mean, the food bloggers are taking hundreds of photos of food, as, of food a day. Yeah. They can't eat all that food. Uh-huh. Or they give it to their husbands or I'm not quite sure what else they do. <laughs> now, on the note on the Instagram, tell us, tell us about the intersection between Instagram and Lyric Opera of Chicago here in town. Last year, they were doing a summer outreach music program. And I think that's what it was called. They would have like non-classical music in the opera house and they would open up the opera house to the public and you could sit like in the box seats and whatever and enjoy jazz. And they had like little nibbles and champagne and stuff. I had just 
I actually just messaged the Lyric Opera on Instagram. And I was like, it would be so cool if we could somehow mesh these two worlds together. And um, the woman who runs the social media at the Lyric Opera. The two worlds me, being? Like, just the opera Instagram world <laughs> and my Instagram world. So it's okay. like fashion, lifestyle, the but things daily that, aesthetic. that yeah. could be together yeah should they, they should actually yes. they should be together okay and i messaged her and she was like yes totally we'll meet up so we met up and you know we kind of came up with this idea of why not have an instagram meetup at the lyric opera that sounds like an easy thing to do of course it's not and it takes a lot of time <laughs> and <laughs> management to get that done but she did it and last uh last year at opening night so it was um it was la nota de figaro mm-hmm and you know, they had the red carpet out, okay? We were all dressed to the nines. Uh, they had cameras there. It was really nice. awesome. Yeah. And everybody met, and we all got champagne and complimentary tickets. And these are people as well. And who saw a great had, opera. Yeah, and saw an awesome <laughs> opera. And some of these people had never been to the opera before. That's cool. So you, so that's awesome. Yeah. You brought people in through Instagram into Isn't the Lyric crazy? Opera. It's amazing. It's and awesome. it's like... Why can't social media be that? I mean, like that's what it should be, right? It shouldn't just be like, uh, today I ate some crappy pizza and I'm never going to Luminati's again. Right. By the way, <laughs> if anybody from Luminati's is listening, your pizza's great. Thank you. Please send it us. Really Actually, the, you know, the best pizza in Chicago is a place called Jimmy's. George, Where is that? that's going to have to be a chalk dog for another that's day. Like, okay, wow. well, I'll, we'll get some actual. I have so like, many feelings about that. Go, go get, go <laughs> get, everybody go get does. Uh, so, Dinah, what's what's next for you? I mean, you are juggling so many balls at once, but like, what's what's still on the to do list? Oh you know, what's 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 the next part of the dream here? That I'm a famous opera singer. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I mean, be that'd list. be nice. But kind of. Yeah. Um, it's, now it's just little goals, little goals. <laughs> I'm applying for young artist programs, summer mm-hmm. programs. Um, tomorrow, making recordings. Awesome. And just uh, what does when you go back to school here um, for your second year of your master's at DePaul? Yeah. How will that affect what you do with the blog? Does it change direction? Does it? Do you know what I mean? Does Does the school affect what you're blogging and how? I talk, actually have like have to make a disclaimer that I'm in school and I will not be posting as frequently. Okay. Uh, just because I physically do not have the time to go places and I don't have the time to go to events, um, in the evenings because I'm in opera rehearsal, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and sometimes I feel bad about that and I lose followers when things aren't posted. Mm -hmm. And that's also another thing that I feel like I'm racing. I think I, I talked about this in one of my recent blog posts that I'm always, I feel like I'm always competing. I'm always racing against not even not only my colleagues in school, but also all these other people in this in this world mm-hmm. on our phones. Yeah, and you know there are some days where I'm like I have to choose between just making music. Which way do I feed my soul today? Right, and sometimes it can be both. Yes, not every day. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot on the plate. It's a lot. Well, Dinah, we've got you for the next forty minutes here, so there's nothing else you're going to be doing, but talking to us and <laughs> talking to our fans. Uh, we're going to step aside for one second. We've got a couple PSAs coming your way. You're listening to Opera Box Score on WNUR-FM. After the break, it's those audition horror stories. You can give us a call and let, you, let us know uh, what your nightmare was. 847-866-9687. You're going to want to stick around for that here on Opera Box Score. 
Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Maybe you're wrong. Did you know that the average age when kids start to use drugs is between 13 and 14? The good news is that kids who learn a lot about the risks of drugs from their parents are half as likely to use drugs. So you need to start talking. Not sure what to say? The Partnership for a Drug-Free America's Illinois affiliate, Prevention First, has free brochures, posters, and other materials for parents, teachers, and anyone who wants to keep our kids from using drugs. For help, go to prevention.org. A message from Prevention First and WNUR. 55% of candidates for statewide office report spending at least one out of every four of their waking hours raising money for their campaigns. 23% report spending more than half their time raising money. Public Campaign is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to sweeping reform that aims to dramatically reduce the role of special interest money in America's elections and the influence of big contributors in American politics. To learn more, visit www.publiccampaign.org. That's P U B L I C A M P A I G N. This message brought to you by WNUR. Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score, America's talk radio show about opera. Now I hear you say an opera ain't your thing, but get this. We tackle everything about opera and body slam it into a sports radio setup. The result? 60 minutes of in-depth analysis, outrageous opinions, and good, clean fun. You might even learn something. Opera class, sports radio crass. Join us for Opera Box Score Monday nights at 9 on WNUR. Class, Sports Radio Crass. This is Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Opera Box Score here on WNUR FM. This is George Cedarquist hanging out with the likes of Tobias Wright. Still here, not fired. And <laughs> our guest co host, Dinah Fisher. Hi. So. Audition season, it's sort of never ending. We call it a season and like it does peak in the fall, but like people are auditioning constantly. Am I right? You are correct. Exactly. And uh, obviously things go wrong all the time. Uh, We've asked for your horror stories. We've got a whole handful of them. You can also give us a call. 847-866-9687 with those nightmares. But uh, Dinah, why don't we have you kick it off? Do you have a horror story from yourself or from a friend that you want to share? Oh, it's my horror story. Off one. you go. Wait, j- wait. For, this is a safe space. Yeah. So can we laugh if it's funny? Oh, yeah. No, 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 it's totally fine. <laughs> Banana. So it, it was actually at a summer program. And it was actually an audition for a mock audition. I don't know. If okay. Was. Okay, so... We were, were there colleagues watching? Yes. Awesome. So it's lots already of bad. Colli- right. <laughs> lots of colleagues, lots of teachers. I mean, lots of professors and professionals in this room. And, you know, you have to be dressed in your typical audition attire, which if most of you don't know, for a woman, it's basically a cocktail length, knee length dress, right? Pretty conservative, nothing crazy. Um, and I sing my aria. And the first thing 
that a woman says to me, she goes, you know what? You were too pretty that it was distracting. Well, well that's a loaded compliment. Uh, and, okay. and then everybody started talking about the shoes I was wearing and the length of my dress and the shape of my dress and this. And I was, and I was standing there and I was, I like raised my hand and was like, can we talk about the singing that yeah. just happened? <laughs> like, are we not in like a singing not, program? And I thought that was so... And someone last week mentioned, I think she called in, that she had gotten a comment about something she was wearing. This was our friend Anna, not Natrebko. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone called in last week um, <clears throat> about, and she was, something about she was wearing, Yeah, right? it was that, yeah, it was just a comment about the dress. It had nothing to do with the scene. And actually, I think she said it was in an email later. Am I making that up? I don't know. Yeah. Anna, I'm so sorry. Thank you for calling. Ah. But yeah, it was, the comments were only about her appearance. Literally, that was... Only that's the only thing they said to me. How disheartening! And I had to get their attention to talk about. And they were like, "Oh, the singing was good." And and I was like, "Oh, oh, so I can sing it like that forever, and it's but perfect." Like, what does that mean, though? I mean, as a woman, to get on a stage alone and to feel, am I too sexy? Am I not? I'm and gonna you have to play a role and like this and that. As an audience member, I'm gonna say it's not a thing. How many times have you gone to a theater, though? And, and like, I mean, the whole idea is we're going to go suspend our belief, right? Right. We're going into, like, this, like, alternate universe. That's the whole reason we are there. Right, of course. And so if you're super pretty and beautiful and and that helps me transcend into someplace different, that's where I want to be. But how is that? So kudos to you for being beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, But, like, goodness. It's just like, why would you even say that to a young person? Yeah, people say that stuff when they don't have anything intelligent to say. Boom! (laughs) Happens. Uh, Here's what Maureen wrote to us. Maureen writes, At the end of my sophomore year in undergrad, we were having the usual quarterly auditions for the upcoming fall opera, which happened to be a Baroque opera. I chose to sing Hark! The Echoing Air from The Fairy Queen by Purcell. And it turns out I needed a little more time with, with this piece. So I started it. I got through the A section. But in the second half, I lost my way in the and I just kept going on one of those melismas like some <laughs> terrible Baroque time loop. And after that, I just started repeating the text, Cupids clap their wings. Yes. <laughs> and it was one of the longest versions of that piece ever. I can imagine the pianist's face. Oh, like. <laughs> oh bravo. She That's said, amazing. Marie says, eventually I found a way out, but as soon as I, quote, finished, uh, my conductor looked at me and was like, well, that sure is a lot of Cupids clapping their wings. It's probably hard to keep track. <laughs> Wow. I, I love that story. I, I don't know how she extricated herself from this. I'm I'm sort of impressed, and I, I, I feel her pain. That's beautiful. I can, like, see, the like, a track loop going in her head, and then finally she, like, sees where she knows where she's going. She's like, okay, and we're done. Oh, that was goodness. it. 20 minutes of Dreadful. That. Oh, that, that was good. Tobias, over um, to you. I'll share two really, uh, two quick ones. Yeah, go um, for it. One was last year. Not two years ago, I auditioned, and I shared this last week, but I'll, for people who didn't listen... Um, I sang Traviata, and uh, I was singing De Mie Volenti Spiriti, and I said, Fidel, I, uh, I said, Fidel, ah, uh, si. And in the score, the critical edition of Verdi and Traviata says, Fidel, si, si. And as soon as I finished singing, the uh, person in charge of the auditions looked at me and he says, I hear that you, I see that you said ah, si, instead of si, si. What was the reason for that? And I was like, well, you know, I think in my head, I don't, I would never say, I want to be faithful to you. Yes, yes. I would say, I want to only be faithful to you. Ah, yes. Like passionately. And he goes, huh, well, I want you to invest in a few things. 
one, a new score, and two, your own artistic ideas. Or something that was like, okay, I didn't get that job. And then I sang for him again the next year, and I sang the same piece on purpose um, just so I could sing the two words, CC. And he said, I see that you've changed that. Anyway, that was terrible because he just fried me on stage. And then, anyway, the other one is one time I was asked... I got a call back and it was a music theater audition in New York City and it was just for fun that I even went just to see what would happen and I got a call back for this one and they wanted to hear us sing our favorite R&B song and I was like sure and they were like they asked for acapella and I was like oh "Oh, sure great fine this is fun you know I love this and I wanted I didn't I kind of blanked because there was a bunch of people in the room and I was like I'm gonna sing Ordinary People by John Legend (laughs) Fine, I know how to sing that, but I started it like, dude, dude, I started it like a fourth too high. (laughs) And so about halfway through the song, I just had to stop and I was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I I apologize. I didn't get that job either. (laughs) What were you thinking, man? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I was really sober for that, too. So, well, that's a first. Yeah, right. That's good. (laughs) We're swapping our audition. Horror stories here on Opera Box Score, uh, WNUR FM, George Cedarquist, along with Tobias Wright and our guest co host, Dinah Fisher. Here's another one from Val who writes in and she says After singing two arias at my audition for this company, one of them asked if I had ever sung Ach ich liebte, which is from Pop Quiz. Anybody? Tell me, George. It's from Abduction from the Seraglio, yes. There we go. Okay. Mozart. A little bit of Mozart. Exactly. And she said that she had. Um, so then the, the auditor proceeded to tell me, Val, the singer, how disappointed she was that I didn't offer that in my audition packet and how I would have gotten a call back if only I'd have had Ach Ich Liebte on there. How, how are you supposed to know that? <laughs> yeah. What are we, mind readers yes, too? Yes. Oh, I love wow. these. Let's these do this. Are, that's fun. I don't, I don't Val, understand that. Yeah. Val, I'm sorry, but you're hired here. Yeah. yeah. You have a job Jeez. with us. That's, How, that's not helpful, though. Yeah, well, it's like, oh, you, you could have been hired. But, but you know what, you though? Know. But maybe Val, after that, decided that that was something she could really do great with. And who knows? Maybe she's experienced success with that. So it could have been a learning experience. I mean, yeah, but... But darn. Jeez. You didn't even hear her sing it, and you said she would have gotten a call. Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Give me another one, George. Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait well, George. Go, um, go ahead. Tell me one. Tell me a, a personal one that you have. I, n- I never mess up. Son so I don't, I, I don't oh have any. Gosh. Well, here's here's why I never mess Everybody up. Everybody take it's, a drink. It's because now here's the thing: is that if you're, this is my theory. If you're singing in an audition, well, it's like Maureen was saying, she started to go off the rails, right? And so she's got to figure out in real time with the music underneath her how to kind of get this thing back on track. As a director, we don't really audition; we just interview. So when we're in a conversation and we start to get that spidey sense, I suppose, I can't think of a better word for Mm -hmm. it, that the interview is going down a detour or it's going down a dead end. We're able to read body language. We're able to read facial expressions. We're able to try and get that conversation back on track, but but we don't have to do it while the music is chugging and churning underneath us. I I guess I have had a couple interviews where like right off the the very beginning, it was like, you know what, this this is not going to be. I had an interview in Germany that was- Everybody take a drink. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say what opera house, but it was when I was interviewing for a, a directing thing in Germany. I just I sat down with with my coffee with this guy, and I was like, you know what? I just this is not gonna go well. Before uh, anything had happened, I I, I just I had, that, I had a bit of that I had a bit of that vibe, bit of that spidey sense, and um, 
up to that point, I'd had one interview in German, but the other interviews had been in English because all the people at that level, they, they speak English very well. But this guy spoke in German to me, you know, probably to test me, and I, I, I get that. And, like, my German's fine. It's not amazing, but I kind of struggled through. And when you're in that situation, eventually the, your, your interviewer is like, they take pity on you, and they're like, you know what, let's just switch to English, and we Aww. can still understand Aww. each other. Yeah. But this guy, like, he pushed through. Oh, okay. <laughs> he really pushed through all the way in in German, and and it and I mean it was then. I was like, even if I knew what I was saying, he's not interested in my aesthetic. This is just not going well. Who paid for the coffee? Uh, well, he did. Oh, that was nice. Oh, that's actually nice. that was a pity coffee. There you go. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, George. <laughs> uh, hey, Dinah, you got another one, another opera horror story, another I, opera I, I nightmare. Do. I was auditioning for undergrad. I won't say where. Um, And, of course, you know, I was terrified. And in the middle of me singing my aria, someone I just heard someone crunching on potato chips. And it was one of the people listening. And then they all started, just all of a sudden, everyone just started opening their lunch. You were the post-lunch break person, or the right before (sighs) the lunch break. And now I'm just trying to, like, bare my soul, and everyone's, like, like, crunching on (laughs) potato chips. It was just... Wow. It's so rude. It was special. Do you know, because I've, I've been on that side of, of the table, right? I've had people audition for me, which is sort of bizarre because, like, the stage director, frankly, nobody cares about your opinion, really. It, oh, it's really? The, I don't think so. It's the, con- it's the conductor and, like, the general nice manager. Know, right? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I don't really have any say. I mean, maybe it's just the rooms I've been in. Maybe if I was a bigger deal, I'd have more say. Uh, but frankly, I'd rather leave it to the professionals because, hey, here's the thing. I can tell the difference between good singing and bad singing, but I can't really tell the difference between good singing and great singing. If or if I can, I certainly can't explain there's, it yeah, in any sort a, of articulate there's a, way. There's a fine line there. Uh, so I, I have it on the other side of the table, but the food thing, I, I just don't get. I know we're short on time. I know we're all hungry, but it's like it is the epitome of rudeness. Most of the people, were you raised in a barn? I mean, you don't <laughs> eat. Wait, can I share or a like, story that someone sent me? That is around this. It's it's about eating. It's to do with food. Is yes. it to do with those dill those dill food. potato chips? You it's not. Like... It's not dill potato. Okay, so this uh, this is a guy named Ryan. Um, he is a listener to the show, and he sent this. Said he was auditioning for a young artist program, a summer young artist program. Um, and he said, like many tenors I know, despiltness was part of my audition package. I started with my English aria, which went pretty well. Uh, took a moment, caught a gleam in their eye, and asked for the Mozart. And I was excited to sing for them because they seemed genuinely interested in hearing me do it. After the first two syllables, the people behind the audition st- uh, table started having a conversation about lunch at full voice. So he's up there singing, and he can hear him talking about lunch. Um, for the entirety of the song, they continued this conversation. Uh, they didn't look up until the last page, and both of them stopped the conversation, listened to the final phrase, shrugged their approval, and then said thank you and chewed me out. And so they asked him to sing it just to see if he would get all the way through it. And then just like and then proceeded we're, and then to we're like, thanks, get out. From like, so like, yeah, probably nice. Jimmy John's. Probably it probably Jimmy. wasn't even worth it. It's yeah. not like you're getting catered, catered barbecue or something. I they know. got Jimmy John's. And they're freaky fast anyway. Let the kids sing a song. <laughs> Thank you. They should be a sponsor of the show. Uh, actually, I'm not so big on Jimmy John's. I'm all about the pop bellies. Oh, well, now Jimmy John's oh. certainly isn't going to sponsor <laughs> us, George. <laughs> cool. uh, 
But here's what I don't get, actually, is why opera auditions are so long. Why you get so much time. Why you get two full arias and and why you get to do two of them and and the whole thing. It's like, you know right away. Or sometimes they cut you off halfway and they're like, wait, no, I just want to hear the B section. And then you start and you're like, no, just kidding, I want to hear this one. But that makes no sense is why they have you start at the beginning. If, If it's all about stamina... If it's about hearing the hard stuff, then you do start in the middle and you do the the last part. Yeah, but you still got to be able to sing the whole aria. Yeah, but if you put it like like... second or third or something. I don't know, George. I think we disagree on this. I think singing an entire aria is extremely difficult. And I think everyone should have... At least sing one. At least sing one. And then if you have something that's like a da capo aria, sing the hard stuff. And that's usually, you know, at least get through one. Yeah. (laughs) But they are long. So, George, would you rather hear a 32-bar section? Like in a music theater, or would like you- a two pager. All I'm saying like is like I just I know pretty soon. But again, you know, I'm not I'm not honestly I'm not really paying attention to the music. Again, like I can tell if it's good or bad, but I'm gonna leave it to my colleagues to make that decision. I'm really looking at like emotional connection, and I can see that right away, or I can't. And it doesn't like that doesn't develop during the course of five minutes. Uh, the this only is thing fair. is that the, uh, that you will lose my attention because like I, I I'm not George the guy Cedar who's going to eat. So like I'm watching. I get, I'm giving you everything at the very beginning. How long can you sustain it for? And and you know what? It, all it needs to be is is a minute or two. And and I know that you've got that commitment. You've got that understanding. You've done your homework. You've got done the text analysis, and you're able to communicate it. Well, that is totally fair, George. Just I think for the me- for mezzo ladies, there are a lot of short arias. Mm-hmm. Must the winter, even a viduvarst is mm-hmm. on the short side, mm-hmm. and that's what is going around in circulation right now. Yeah. So you can be you can sing those short arias, but the challenge with shorter arias is they have to show that emotional connection of a three hour opera in those two pages. Mm-hmm. Have you yet been in an audition situation where uh, someone knew about your blog, or knew about Instagram, or what you did outside of it? I think I was waiting for an audition, like, you know, just waiting outside. And someone came up to me and they were like, hey, are you a gentlewoman? I think I follow you on but, Instagram. But, mm-hmm. but nobody's like been in your audition and be like, oh, you're the you're the blog lady. No, I just don't think they, I don't think they cool. care. Or want, or Which is great, right? Yeah. Because no, then that's... you get to continue to do it. And I, because I've always wondered like what social, I mean, social media can affect, I certainly think, what people, um, what people want to hire you. Well, you know, know, Kim Whitman, who I'm one of her biggest fans, she runs Wolf Trap Opera in Vienna, Virginia. She is really big on the social media thing. She's like, look, the bottom line is if you don't want to deal with it, then you better hire someone and pay them to to deal with it for you because it's just so critical to have that presence, to make sure it's pretty manicured. That's my word, not his, hers. Um, it's so it's very it's very important. The other thing about Kim, and I said this on the show last week, I'm going to put the link on our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com, is she does all these great statistics about which arias are sung and how many, and she she should be on five thirty eight on Nate Silver's uh, website about statistics and and pro- uh, predictions and projections. Mm-hmm. She's so fantastic. But you would be, I think, surprised how many people sing how few arias. And I think that does tie into these horror stories and people tuning out and, and checking out yeah. because, man, they have we're heard repeat, it and heard it and heard it. We're all repeating the same, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 10 or 15. You know, I've had people tell me when you talk about uh, audition rep, you know, that it can, if you're doing stuff that's all different, they're going to be like, oh, so you can't sing the standard rep. But if, right. you, if you only do the same, like, the same five, then there's nothing. 
no variance, I think it can also be negatively. People can say, oh, there's no creativity with what they're singing. So it's, it's a catch-22, but... Like, how many times can you hear a mezzo sing Boy Kate Sapete in one, in one day? Probably several hundred if can't. you had. I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I just running can't. running a big audition. I can't listen. I just... I want to, you know, this is just me, though, and I know I have to bend to the rules of the career, and I understand this. But just to get something fresh in there, at least one thing yeah. that is just fresh, and that's fresh to you, yeah, and that you can make it really about you as an artist instead of you just fulfilling, you know, fulfilling a requirement, which is also fine because you have to do that. Well, let us know what your opera audition horror story is. Leave us a voicemail, 224 2189 box. That's 224 218 9269. You can also email us, operaboxscore at gmail.com. And actually, Tobias is in charge of the Twitter feed at operaboxscore. Coming up next, two minute drill. Stick around. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. I made the call and got support for my sister. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me... That meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. Whether you're allergic to opera or you're a devoted fan, our show is for you. We tackle the week's opera headlines and body slam them into a sports radio setup. The result, 60 minutes of play-by-play analysis, exclusive interviews, and scandalous opinions. Plus the heroes, villains, and stats from this crazy art form that we love and love to complain about. Join us for Opera Box Score Monday nights at 9 on WNUR. Live from Chicago, this is Opera Box Score. With George, Oliver, Tobias, and Giovanna. This just in, the two-minute drill. Time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes stops. Austrian authorities have confirmed that a former chief executive and technical manager of the Salzburg Easter Festival will begin jail sentences of four years each this week. Both were convicted of embezzlement. John C. Goff, the former music director of Opera Omaha, has been sent to prison for one to two years for stealing $113,000 from his mother, who has dementia and lives in a care home. In Alexandria, Virginia, near Washington, D.C., an opera singer and busker was arrested Friday night on a noise violation. 
Krista Monique Klaus said, I still feel violated. The officers were arresting me for singing opera in public when blocks away. There were drug dealers. There were people committing crimes. Recently in Alexandria, there have been rapes. There have been murders. And I was the one arrested for singing opera in public. After three years of construction, the Dubai Opera House has officially opened its doors, hosting its first ever concert performance on Wednesday. The nearly 6,000-square-foot structure cost $330 million to complete. It has the capacity to seat 1,900 people, and it's going to host everything from concerts and theater to sporting events. Tenor Lawrence Brownlee has announced Larry's September Weight Loss Challenge Autism Fundraiser. The American tenor is asking friends and colleagues to donate to autism research for every pound he loses during the month in support of his son, Caleb, who has autism. Brownlee says, if you've pledged five bucks per pound and I lose five pounds, that's 25 bucks for autism research. His goal is to lose 45 pounds. Finally, Adele's Rolling in the Deep is popular in China again, but sung in a way that you probably never heard before. A classically trained Chinese singer has reprised the hit in the style of a Chinese opera while imitating the twisting dialect of the Ningxiang County in the northeastern part of the Hunan province. That's the two-minute drill. That is a lot going on there in opera land. That's awesome. Uh, there's a lot. Okay, first, I just got to say. Let the, let the guests go first. Yes. No, no, I dare. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, like, the first three were all these arrests. I know. I kind of put those back to back. Which, which is the worst of those three the, crimes? The bad boys of opera. I, they really are. I got arrested singing <laughs> opera in public. I think it's John C. Goss stealing 113000 from his mother. Yeah. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? I also... Th- he, had, I, he, had, he has a gambling problem, by the way. That's what I read. I didn't put that in there. Did he used to be like the the PA announcer for Nebraska football? Probably not, but uh, he he in jail now, I'll tell you that much. (sighs) No, I think he was. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that the worst of those three crimes, though? No. I think mm, the noise violation. Are we really surprised? Well, that's the worst arrest. It's not the worst crime. I think that's incredible that that even occurred. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> she did have like that. a little Bluetooth speaker that she was using to accompany herself. Was she like just on the street singing opera, on, opera a, for as like a performer, like a street performer? Street performer, like a little you know bucket or whatever in front of her, getting dollar bills and that kind of thing. That that's that, upsetting. That's, that's ridiculous. Really sad. And I'm I like that none of us are surprised that some Austrian guy got jailed for embezzlement. Yeah. Are no. we just gonna let that one fly? I mean, that's also awful. That's pretty terrible. Four years, um, man. They're not screwing around at the Salzburg Festspiele, yeah. Austrian Festspiele, are they? Um, I have to say, the Larry Brownlee, um, the challenge to raise money for Autism Warrior, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, Larry Brownlee, uh, he's actually going to be at the Lyric again this year. He's doing Charlie Parker's Yardbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a concert with Eric Owens. And if you've never seen him perform, you got to go. He's amazing. Yeah, he's and awesome. Not only that, but he is an incredibly engaging artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him do a recital, and he sang mm-hmm. forever. Where, where was the recital? At the Folly Theater in downtown Kansas City. Okay, don't take a drink for that. that doesn't, no, 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 <laughs> nobody take a drink for that. But he, one of the coolest things was that afterward, he just talked with the audience. He sat huh. down, and he invited the young singers. He said, come up, talk to me. And is he pretty articulate? Oh, my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah. He's so incredibly talented, too, and he loves the craft. And I'm... Yeah, that's so cool. Maybe I'll donate five bucks and I'm lose, su- you fight my man boobs and, and, and donate to a good cause at the same time. <laughs> I'm just surprised, though, because I saw him do Abduction from the Seraglio mm-hmm. um, at the, dare I say, the Berlin Staatsoper. Oh, the Berlin Staatsoper. Everybody today go drink, y'all. But he's, I, I'm surprised. He wants to lose 45 pounds. Like, 
he did not seem overweight to me. I'm not going to comment on Larry Brownlee's weight. Well, I'm not asking but you But if to. he thinks he can lose 45 pounds, then by all means. And you have to think, honestly, let's be real. Somebody in the business probably told him it was a great idea to lose some weight. And so... Probably. More importantly, he's, he's does, raising money for a great Exactly. Cost. And yeah. so he tried... You know what? Awesome. I bet you that that's what happened. Because he's on the Met HD stuff all the time. And that's all about appearance and aesthetic. And we've talked about that. And I guarantee that something like that happened. And he said, you know what? If that's what's going to happen, I'm going to turn this into not only a positive for me, but an insanely positive outcome. Well, that is very episode. smart then. If, yeah. if somebody was like, hey, look, dude, you got you to gotta lose some weight. You know, the camera puts on the weight. You got to take it off. And he was like, you know, I'm going to spin this. Yeah. Hey. Like uh, heck yeah. That's like awesome. It. Larry that, Brownlee, come be on our show. <laughs> what about this? Uh, what about this opera house in Dubai? I well, okay. So you know, when you read that, it was kind of interesting. What do I know about Dubai? Well, nothing yeah, other it. than everything that seems to be happening over there is extravagant beyond what I can even comprehend. It's like a, it's like, yeah, a magical place. Yeah, and reach. <laughs> yeah. So hearing that they're going to have a magnificent opera house, and I, if you've seen the the designs, it is. Pretty cool. It's awesome. stunning. Three hundred million dollars will get you some cool stuff. It is. It is beautiful. What do you think, George? Uh, I think it's a little gross. I, I'm, I'm surprised it took three hundred and thirty million dollars to build an opera house. Nineteen hundred people. Like that sounds like a big number, but that's like half of Lyric Opera of Chicago, which that's is really the second largest big. opera house in the country. Nineteen hundred people, though. Uh, how are they going to fill it? Well, first of all, okay, so they, they want to do a concert <laughs> or a, they want to do a concert for 1900 people, which would be a huge concert. But then they're going to do a sporting event for 1900 people. That's a very intimate. That's I'm like, curious that's as like to fencing. what the sporting event will be. Yeah, it's going to be I really want to know. Opera house like set. I don't know, but if they can fit a handball stage on the stage, I'm there. Or like handball the court. stage also doubles as some sort of sporting arena. You know, um the the what's the auditorium downtown for Roosevelt, the big beautiful yeah. one. The auditorium, the, the auditorium theater. Is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, it doesn't have a beautiful name. <laughs> no. no you, come on, CCPA, get it together. <laughs> you got it right. Well, they, they put a basketball it, yeah. court on the stage, which was super cool. Oh, I for didn't like know. the Harlem Globetrotters or no, something. No, for like the McDonald's All American game, they had the dunk contest on oh, the stage okay. of the auditorium theater. There was a contest. It wasn't like a. Uh, it's still a sporting event. All it's I'm a pretty saying big deal. is that right, I'm yeah. sure their three hundred million dollar opera house can find a way to put a sporting event someplace. I don't know. Whatever. Let's it go to seems, Dubai. Yeah, Here we go, George. Little, Fly yeah, me out just, there and I'll let you know. It seems Business like with uh, all these, there's a lot of opera houses closing down mm -hmm. in the United States. And then all of a sudden Dubai is like, we have all this millions yeah. of dollars to put one up. And then, I don't know. Well, it seems to me that opera houses in America are finally figuring out that like opera needs to get out of the opera house and that the the building of the opera house is is becoming a little redundant, you know, and they need to do... I disagree with that, George. I think some of the new opera houses... You and I have... Yeah, we just cannot agree on this. Go ahead. Go I ahead. think some of the new opera houses that are being built are spectacular. Have you guys seen the opera house in Oslo, in Norway? No. I was in Norway uh, last month. Drink, take a drink. Take a drink, <laughs> everybody. Diners in Oslo. <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, but the Norwegian opera house is a mixture um, of all these different materials. The, the actual opera the house is made out of wood hmm. and it's it's this incredibly warm environment mm -hmm. and then the outside is really open and architecturally just stunning but it's all available to the public and it's completely and the outside is completely made of glass so you can see inside hmm. the um like all the tech stuff you know, where oh, the costumes so get made cool. it's not a secret i think yeah. that's the biggest thing is that they they were like we don't want this house to be a secret 
What, huh. what goes on here should not be a secret. Do you think people are more drawn to the opera house because of that? Yeah. They say, I mean, they've never, I don't think they've ever really had empty seats in the house. Plus, it's also smaller. Okay. Um, and each individual seat has a like little translating device right. that yeah. translates everything. And it's just, it's intimate. It's warm. It's inviting. Um, That's awesome. It's just, it's beautiful. And government subsidized. I love, I love that. <laughs> I like how you threw that in. Yeah. And then, hashtag government that is, subsidized. That is a great. That is a great way of using architecture, public space. It's not a secret. You and can, you can climb the, on it. Yeah. You can climb on the roof of it and like have a picnic with your dog. Oh my goodness! It's amazing. This well, we'll wrap up the segment with this Adele thing. I mean, oh, you yeah. guys know I don't listen to pop music. I mean, I barely know who Adele is. Oh, um, that's sad. Okay, so here's here's this song, Rolling in the Deep. Let me let me. Play, I got a little clip here of this is a classically trained Chinese singer singing his own version of of the oh, song. It's a, it's a man. It's a man. It is a man singing this song, and uh, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> I think I know what he's saying. <laughs> Wait, this, this, is, this is awesome. I mean, it's different, but it's awesome. Where she heard this? I wonder if she has to. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sure she's heard this. Yeah. <laughs> He was singing in English, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that actually was pretty impressive. I mean, like that was some that was some vocal skill. It may not be like what we're like. We're like, oh, that doesn't sound like Adele. It's not pleasing, but that's awesome. I have been to a Chinese opera. Um, was it like was that? China. When uh, you in, ah, wait, you were in China? I was in China. Drink. Drink. Ah. That's okay. I saw a Chinese opera in China, too. Uh, 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 I'm going to be so hammered. Don't be you're so lame. <laughs> <laughs> this was super fun. This was interesting. The Chinese opera no, or that like recording? No, this version, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the track's good. That was crazy. So wait, that's like going wow. on the radio everywhere in China right now? It was part of a TV show where you're lip syncing or you're reworking wow. new lyrics to song to you know okay. songs and that kind of thing. It was part of a TV show. I mean you can find it on YouTube. It has something like eight billion hits. Whoa. Wow. Which means that would mean everybody in the world had seen it. I guess it's more <laughs> like two billion hits, so just everyone in China has seen it. But it's pretty impressive. It's very high. I mean, he's singing quite high. That's what right? I'm saying. And like yeah. if you go back he like when he was like like he was really accurate with those pitches. I don't think they happened accidentally. Yeah. yeah. His bio says that he just did The Marriage of Figaro in his music school in um Guangdong or wherever it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that's cool. So he does have some classical training. I mean, you can He's tell. classically that's, trained. That's pretty sweet. He's I want wait. Trained. But if they're doing Marriage of Figaro, that's like What's his name? I'm going to look this up, actually. Now I'm super curious. Yeah. I want to be one of the eight billion who's seen that. (laughs) Right. I want to be one (laughs) out of the eight billion. Somehow I didn't get invited to that party, (laughs) but that's okay. I had no idea. That's really great. Um, I think that's that's amazing. I now am inspired to make my own version of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. But we got to change the lyrics. And I think if we're going to do that, I got to, I don't know, 
It's going to take some time. Maybe I can translate them into a Lithuanian folk song. There do you do that? Do you ever do stuff? Do you play any other, like, do you play like a ukulele and then like do, like, do you do anything like that? I play the piano. I do not yeah, play Yeah, yeah. But I am doing Lithuanian folk songs on my recital. <laughs> you, were, hey, I, look, you guys were teasing me, but actually the, the singer is from Guangdong. It's uh, Liao Jia Lin. And he did The Marriage of Figaro. Actually, wow. uh, in France, he played Carabino. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. And he was invited by Pope Francis to perform a solo in 2015. Dude. Wow. Dude is crushing it. That's amazing. He really is kind of Here I am it. on a radio are. show with George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here we go. And Okay, so here's the show. It's an online singing show where people sing popular songs in different Chinese dialects. So the whole joke for our Chinese listeners is that he's singing in this dialect, which is like impossible to understand. We would call that English. But for him, it's this crazy dialect. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Well, I'm sure. Props to him. Yeah. Cool. Let's wrap this show up. I enjoyed that. It is our Good Call, Bad Call segment. It's coming up right after this. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Good call, bad call on Opera Box Score. Oh my goodness, that hour went fast. It's been a great show. Dinah Fisher, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been great. Hang on. Again, a gentlewoman is the name of the blog. It's all going to be on the website, too. Um, on our website. Her website's going to be on ours. <laughs> Dinah, you get to go first. What's your what's your good call or what's your bad call? I have I have two good calls, if that's okay. Go for it. Um, as we all know, the stars of the lyric is this Friday. Yes. I'm super excited. It looks amazing. That's something I look forward to all year, and we all get on our picnic blanket. And, mm-hmm. like, and that's going to be at Millennium Park on Friday. And it is, how much does it cost for the public? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. And you can drink on the yes. lawn. <laughs> I'm going to tailgate beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have class, but yeah, I'll do that too. Um, my second is I have a lot of friends performing in Falstaff at the Main Street Opera. Mm-hmm. Um, performances are September 11th, 17th, 18th, and 24th. And you can go to MainStreetOpera.org for tickets. Tobias Wright, over to you. Uh, my good call is I had a dear friend of mine spend the weekend with me, and we had a blast, and we Aww. ate deep dish pizza. We went on a boat tour, and we took a nap together on my couch. Excellent. Except for that, I'm surprised. <laughs> no, no, the last one. that I'm not, was I'm not saying it's a bad the thing. Best just, part. That was the best part. <laughs> that is it for tonight's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com. That's V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S.com. For WNUR, our programming director is Nick Anderson, and the general manager is Brock Stussy. Our theme song is Vodka Inferno, written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Opera Box Score. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and if you know people who would enjoy our show, help us spread the word by sharing our posts. On our website, operaboxscore.squarespace.com, you can stream archived episodes and learn more about our team, and you can always email us at operaboxscore at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast version of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Leave a review and let us know what you want to hear more of on our show. 
The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho. For Tobias Wright and Dinah Fisher, I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera before school starts. You just have time. CPS schools go back tomorrow like my son Ben. We're back on Monday, 12 September at 9 p.m. Central with more guests, more news, and more hot takes. You're listening to WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago. Chicago Sound Experiment.